Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. So I've been taking a bit of a news break for the last fortnight. Did anything interesting happen? No, nothing at all in the last two weeks. Good. <laughs> Just to be very clear, apropos of nothing, no one tried to, oh, I don't know, overthrow the U.S. government? Yeah. So, fun- funny about this. So if you'll recall last episode, we record on Monday nights. And we release on Wednesday mornings. Um, And we were, you know, sitting, we were talking and said, oh, well, it's Monday night. I'm sure this Wednesday, what everyone's going to be talking about are the Georgia results. Yes, we're going to be. We certainly don't want to get, you know, we'll probably be overshadowed by that. (laughs) Little did we realize that instead on Wednesday, there was going to be a right wing terrorist attack on the Capitol. So we'll get to that a little later. But first, we have some feedback from last episode. Uh, yeah, uh, this this wasn't feedback for anyone in specific. I just was interested, so I went ahead and looked it up. Uh, we mentioned last time uh, that in the Happy News that Newark, New Jersey reported that not a single shot was fired by any of their police last year. And we all thought that was great. And then I thought, is, is that just because the police aren't policing anymore? They're staying home instead? And uh, then we thought, oh, crap, we should have looked that up. Maybe this is terrible. But now it turns out overall crime in Newark is down 6% in 2020. So it's not that they were all ditching the, the places where crimes are. It's just they've gotten much better at de-escalation and uh, handling, you know, angry, drunk, riotous criminals. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By them, just to be clear... By them, I mean the angry, drunk, riotous criminals. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of angry, drunk, riotous criminals, uh, on January 6th, there was an attack on the U.S. Capitol, uh, which I'm sure everyone's heard about. Uh, one cop and four rioters ended up dead. Um, I believe three of those rioters died just because they like have really bad fitness and were doing strenuous activity. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get... The uh, the details on on how they died. It's they just uh, all I saw was it was like medical complications. I believe the uh, media has converged on the phrase "unspecified medical emergencies." Y- yeah, I, I, from what I heard, one of them fell while trying to scale a, a <laughs> I don't know barricade, fence, whatever wall, uh, proving that walls are not the best thing at peeping, keeping out people who are dedicated. Uh, and Another one like had some kind of heart attack thing. I don't know about the third, but yeah, medical problems. And then one had the medical problem of being shot in the neck, but that's that one we yeah. all know about. Yeah. Um, so they were there to uh, following a Trump stop the steal rally, um, which was timed to coincide with the with Congress's vote to certify the election results. So all of this was all about Donald Trump trying to, you know, reject the results of the election and uh, stay in power. Um, so I, I don't really know what to say about it. I feel like it's been a couple of weeks and most of what needs to be said has been said by now. Uh, I, you guys got any spicy takes on this? I wouldn't say it's spicy. I'm just like, I don't know where exactly we're going to go from here when one third of the roughly one third of the electorate now believes that there cannot be any legitimate elections for the country anymore that this one was stolen and they're all going to be stolen after this so i don't know i i don't know that it's necessarily going to go that way um i feel like it in a lot of ways trump is just kind of a very unique figure uh or at least that's what i hope maybe i'm just fooling myself well i think you're right about that but i think there are a lot of people who 
don't believe that this was a fair election, that we're kind of, um, you know, not a legit democracy anymore, and rule has been imposed by powerful forces rather than democratic choice. Yeah, but that's what happened in 2000, and we got over it. It's true, but it was slightly different Th- then. That, But yeah, that actually wasn't a fair election. <laughs> the Supreme Court stopped the recount for, like, really dubious reasons. It was total bullshit. And yet... No, like I, I agree with you on, on that, but the um the the way that the people on the ground, the you know voting populace sees it, is different this time, which is the important part. But I don't think it is. I think everyone on the Democratic side felt robbed and felt like it wasn't fair, um, and just you know moved on. Hmm. Well, maybe I can hope. You know, and I think it's been. Certainly, the the electoral system, as I as I keep talking about, it actually isn't fair. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, it is. It does have rules, and everyone followed the rules. Um. I think there's a difference between like gaming the system and getting a a technical win that's bullshit, and like feeling like it was literally you know ballots were thrown away and a dictator was imposed on you by by hostile forces. Yeah, that's true. But I also I don't I don't know how many people actually believe that rather than just have like a belief in belief about it. That's true. Because uh, at at the end of the day, I feel like this is all just people loving Trump and d- listening to him and doing what he says. And um, I just I don't think I certainly don't think that's going to last. You know, I, Trump. I think once Trump lost, he was doomed. Yeah, I'm... his whole his whole brand depended on him being a big winner. I'm worried about our personal filter bubble. Like, you hear the stories about people who are completely convinced by this. Like, they seem to live in this bizarre alternate universe, and I know there's some of them, but I don't know if it's, like, a few hundred people, or if that, like, everyone who voted for him feels this way, and it's just, I don't know where I could get an accurate idea of how many Americans are this crazy bugfuck deluded, and how many of them are just doing the belief and belief thing. Well, here's a, here's a, a lower bound. 20% of Americans in the poll I saw supported the Capitol attack, uh, including 45% of Republicans. Oh, well, 20% is a lot. 20% is a lot, but it's still only 20%. And they may have only supported it in, like, terms of, yeah, good, those Democrats should, you know, get their house trashed, rather than actually thinking that this is important to stop cannibal pedophiles from taking over. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's, there's a lot of reasons why people could have supported it. Um, so right after the attack, um, so actually, so during the attack, they were voting to certify the election results and the attack did manage to disrupt the vote. Um, but to their credit, Congress came in that night, uh, and did the vote anyway and voted to certify the election results. Um, and what was really, was really odd to me was the difference between the house and the Senate because the house had 138 Republicans oppose the certification of the election in a couple of states. And only six Republicans in the Senate did, which was down from 12 who had announced they were going to do so beforehand, and like a handful of others who were waffling. So I I don't really know how to explain that, why the Senate was so much, seemed to be so much more uh, affronted by this than the House did on the Republican side. Obviously, all the Democrats on both sides voted certified. I mean, the Senate, they only need to go up for re-election every six years. They might think this little, you know, the two-thirds of them that don't have to get go for election in two years might think it'll be blown over by the time it comes to them, whereas uh, the House has to get re-elected every two years. Yeah, that, true. That is the, um, 
answer that Garrett Jones suggested in his uh, best-selling book, probably not actually best-selling, that's a joke, uh, 10% Less Democracy, which is good and you should read. <laughs> okay. I was, I was actually going to say that that sounded like his theory. I mean, I think the strangely alarming part about this is that 138 Republicans... Um, representatives think that their constituency is majority in favor of of believing in this you know crazy conspiracy theory shit which, and they're probably right and yeah i guess on the one hand it's good that their constituency is getting representation i guess that that is how representative democracy is supposed to work but uh fuck man M- maybe it'd be good if they weren't as beholden to the crazies i don't i don't know what to do yeah. in this case like, yeah, that's not good, and it's another symptom of our broken system. Maybe we just should have less democracy, like uh, like that guy was saying. <laughs> Garrett Jones. Garrett Jones. Um, well, I don't think that's the solution, but uh, it's maybe a solution. But I do think you're right that uh, if, if I was up for a re-election in four years or six years rather than two years, I would, I would be much more against Trump because I think, uh, you know, in two years – I, I still don't think he's going to be very popular, but I think in four years, I think he's going to be just massively unpopular, and he's just going to be an albatross around the neck of anyone who uh, can be linked to him. I hope so. I think he'll have at least a small cult of personality that he leads. Or possibly just a literal cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what was your guys' uh, favorite favorite image? from the the coup attempt uh i really enjoyed the uh, the viking guy i did not enjoy yeah. the viking guy because i don't like it when neo-nazis misappropriate viking imagery i want to be able to wear a valknut in public without feeling embarrassed thank you are you being culturally appropriated david <laughs> i am being culturally appropriated by nazis which is the worst group to be culturally appropriated by i hope we can agree well, I hope you've rethought your position on cultural appropriation then. Wait, have I ever been opposed to cult or have I ever thought that cultural appropriation wasn't a thing? Oh, no, I just assumed. No, I think it's pretty clearly a thing. I think uh-huh. a lot of things are called cultural appropriation that are obviously not, but uh I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty obviously a thing. God, All right. way to pre- prejudice prejudge your own co-host. Right? We were saying before the show that this is probably the the episode that's not going to get us canceled, and David's really leaning into that. Um, but <laughs> the whole thing, my, my I I've had so like it was really like emotional whiplash about this whole thing because on the one hand this was a violent insurrection um, by people by all accounts attempting to overthrow the government. Yeah, at least a few of them. Uh, people died. Yep. Including at least one of the Capitol Police officers who got like beaten to death with a uh, a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Um, they were in the halls of Congress where they were had access to all sorts of classified information, people's computers, their files, everything. Um, but on the other hand, all of the images are like these clowns that like are dressed up in stupid costumes and are taking selfies and are are just kind of milling around. Like it's a party, so it's like so. I don't know. I feel like it's the most 2020 thing ever. You're not wrong. I know. I gotta say, my favorite image was not strictly speaking from the riot. It was the uh, uh, lectern guy's lawyer. 
basically <laughs> telling yeah. the media that he that lectern guy did the thing because yeah. you know that's good lawyering yeah his lawyer goes out and they're asking him like uh so what's your defense gonna be and he's like well i'm not a magician <laughs> <laughs> you know they got, they got a photo of him uh on on the front of every social media <laughs> in the country holding the lectern uh so you know we're gonna do what we can <laughs> it's just that was definitely a lawyer who is not used to talking to the media and uh got a little uh uh, uh I, I don't know not starstruck but like saw his chance to like be on tv <laughs> instead of just saying like no comment like he should have and he didn't feel like he should lie which is impressive yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's certainly better than the guys going out there like, oh, this is a witch hunt, blah, 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 my client's super innocent. <laughs> Everyone ignore that picture of him holding the lectern. I think what this this has drove home for me is that, like, real danger, it, it isn't like the movies that we see where everything's all gritty and dark and intense. Like, there's violence and then people die and it's terrible, and then afterwards there's, like, a surrealist high and a party and shit. It's more like those yeah. movies out of the 60s that made vietnam like this crazy clash of horror and then partying and i'm like wow I, I guess that's how the real world works also i really uh i really appreciate that that guy's nickname is lectern guy mm-hmm. um because i'm pretty sure before this everyone would have looked at that and called it a podium yeah well that's just another stupid uh symptom of being in the stupidest possible timeline <laughs> okay so i'm i'm I am an uneducated boob. What's the difference between a lectern and a podium? A podium comes from the Greek word for foot. It is a thing you stand on. Oh. A lectern is a thing that stands in front of you? Yes. Okay. I didn't know the etymology, though I probably could have guessed if I'd cared. Um, Yes, same as podiatrist. And pseudopod. Yep. I am glad that we are getting slightly more educated as a country due to this. Thanks, lectern guy. Uh, All right. So the thing we thought everyone was going to be talking about was the Georgia election, uh, which the Democrats actually pulled off. Yeah, that's huge. Which, yeah, is actually probably the bigger news. Uh, I mean, in terms of, like, the implications for the country. Yeah, you don't think a a attempted coup has got some big implications? Yeah, I I think... I think, I think they both do, but I think the news that America's peaceful transfer of power quest failed is possibly the biggest news in our lifetime, maybe. Well, probably since nine eleven. I mean, yeah, I was. That's what I was gonna say too. I mean, I suppose it depends on what you mean by biggest news. Certainly, it was the uh, the one most that that people were paying attention to the most. Ooh, how does it rate versus COVID? Oh God, COVID is—it's over. No one's talking about COVID anymore. <laughs> we hit—we hit, we hit uh, a, a new record for COVID deaths that same day, and people barely mentioned it. Well, one of them seems like more impactful, even though like COVID has resulted in many more deaths and changes to our lifestyle and world. But it just—it's such a slow burn. It doesn't seem like it's as big a deal as you know the failure of our democracy, or you know. They're starting to come apart at the seams of our democracy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, the Democrats did win the Georgia seats. So that was, and, and you know, we were talking about it last episode. None of us expected that. Yeah. Um, and I do have to say, 
uh, I think I said on the show, I was um, a little bit worried about the notion of a Democratic trifecta. And then the same day that they got said trifecta, the Republicans proved they should be let nowhere even remotely close to power. So that made me feel better. Yeah, I mean, I would argue they've been proving that for the past four years, but you know. They proved it especially hard that day. Um, I'm very happy about this uh, just because it will mean so many fewer stupid, stupid fights. Um, And there will still be plenty of stupid fights, but they won't be as stupid as they would be if the Republicans held the Senate. We won't have to have fights about Joe Biden's cabinet picks. Uh, We won't have to have fights about, like, the the debt ceiling or the... uh, you know, we're we're not going to have a government shutdown, probably, uh, unless something really crazy happens. Look at Wes um, being all optimistic. <laughs> this is just it's just so much better. Uh, it 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 it, it, it would have been really bad if the Republicans still had the Senate. Yeah, it just nothing nothing would have gotten done. Now they're out there talking about you know spending two trillion more on COVID relief. Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, worrisome though. No, it's not two trillion. Yeah. That is a lot of zeros. Sure is. Good thing uh, interest rates are below inflation, so the world's paying us to take their money. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. I mean, look, this is not something that you could do any time, but in the situation we're in, borrowing money now, if it's, you know, I know know David's probably against this because you think it's all just going to be wasted. I mean that and uh, that and also the current recession we're in is due to a failure of aggregate supply and stimulus only works for de- uh, demand shortfalls like even in the most optimistic neo-Keynesian theory. But whatever. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see how it all works out. That's, but uh, I'm. I think that's what some people are afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I will. I will is, go. Uh, is... Since this is a rational rationalist podcast, I must ask, is that also your recommended approach to AI safety? Seeing how it works out? Yes. Definitely. I mean, I just mean you and I have a disagreement here, and uh, I don't think we're going to uh, I don't think we're going to resolve it right now. Uh, I think it's uh, that's I think quitter the, talk. The covid relief bill will be a, is a good idea. Um, I'm glad money's going out to people did i hear correctly um i I don't i don't have a source for this so please please correct me if i'm wrong that they is oh don't worry i will okay that it's uh being targeted uh by race no it is not being targeted by race who told you that i don't know i don't remember where i heard that that um yeah okay i mean nothing's been passed yet but there is a draft bill i think they certainly released like an explanation of what the plan is and there was nothing racially targeted in it that's um, not legal. That's so, what I thought. It, they, it was something even that if Joe they were Biden doing said it, in some speech. Maybe he was just blowing smoke. Yeah, I mean, even if they were doing it, they wouldn't say it out loud. Okay. Biden's not Trump. Well, yeah. He wouldn't just he wouldn't just announce that he's doing the illegal thing. Oh well, I don't know. The Biden Harris presidential transition Twitter says I pro- our priority will be Black, Latino, Asian, and Native American owned businesses. All right, interesting. Uh, oh, I think I did see a thing about this. Um, where I think people were really mad about it, but what they what they're actually doing is 
is is what they're actually doing is race neutral, but it's because of the a lot of the funds in the first bill um, went to didn't didn't get to minority owned businesses for some reason. I don't quite I don't quite remember. I only saw this in passing. Okay. I don't know. So maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it's super racist. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, obviously, if it goes primarily to um, poorer people, it'll go more to minority races because that's how U.S. statistics shake out. But it just felt weird for him to say they're going to be targeting them because I was also under the impression that that was not legal. Yeah, it's not. So I'm sure they, they're if they're if that's what they're doing, they're going to have to do it in some kind of roundabout way. All right. Um. The uh, so the next thing that happened was uh, the House voted to impeach Trump again. Woohoo! And uh, I'll be I'll be talking about this in my troop deployment later. Uh, but the short version is they voted this past month or they voted this past Wednesday to impeach. It now goes to the Senate, but the Senate is not in session currently, um, and won't be until tomorrow. And McConnell's already said he's not starting the trial. So the trial's going to be probably next week uh, after Trump leaves office, which uh, is very stupid. <laughs> That's what my troop deployment is about. I agree it's very stupid, but also can we just take a moment to appreciate that Trump's ratio of terms in office to impeachment is <laughs> not only double what every, or four times, no, hang on. I don't think Johnson got a second term. Yeah. So, um... So double Johnson, four times Nixon. Yes. Or, uh, Clinton. Um, Nixon Clinton. never got, uh... Oh, you're right. Impeached yeah. because he took the coward's way out before, uh, the articles could be officially delivered. Um... um I believe I heard that, um, now of all the impeachments in U.S. history, half of them are of Trump. Yes. <laughs> very That, true. too. <laughs> Oh man, I hope he gets convicted, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Um the annoying part about it is though, if he gets convicted after the fact, he still gets all the benefits under the uh the uh former president's act. So he gets like a a, a secretary or something. Um he gets a pension, he gets secret service protection for the rest of his life. Uh so I think there's some other perks. He probably should get secret service protection. Yeah. But he probably shouldn't get a pension. How much is the pension? Is it actually not not pitiful nowadays? I mean, when you're in Trump's financial position, you need to take everything you can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's six it's six figures. Okay. Uh, I think it was like two hundred some thousand. Yeah. So very very nice. Now he is uh, about three hundred million in debt. So <laughs> put a small dent in that. Um, what do you guys think is gonna happen to him? Like. After he's not president. Because he's got all these loans that he personally guaranteed. I'm, like, really, really, like, intrigued to see what the hell he does. I think he has enough of a cult to draw on now that he could you leverage them into some sort of a financial boon. Yeah, he probably could. But, like, how... I just, I'm just like, how's he going to do it? Is it going to be, like, is he going to just start a TV network? Or, like... How is he going to get these people to give him his money? TV network actually really seems like his kind of style. Yeah, yeah, I think Trump TV is in the very near future. Yeah, I think it it is his style, but it's also his style to run things very poorly. So, like, even if he's got a built-in audience, like, I feel like it's just going to be mismanaged and 
not be profitable. I mean, clearly, but will it be badly enough mismanaged that it'll <laughs> yeah. actually, you know, matter? Yeah, it's a good question. But also, like, given, uh, you know, current sentiment, I, I, they, they're going to have trouble getting advertisers. True. I mean, they will be able to get Pillow Guy. Pillow Guy will advertise. It'll be Pillow Guy and people selling gold. That was Pillow Guy. <laughs> you know my Pillow Guy? No, no clue. Uh, have you ever heard of a thing called My Pillow? It's just like a pillow they would they would sell on infomercials. Nope. Ah, there's a stupid pillow they would sell on infomercials, and the guy who uh, who came up with it was a big Trump guy. Oh, okay. And he was just at the uh, he was just at the White House, um, and somebody got a photograph of his notes, and it was like they got like they got like half the page in the photograph, and it was something about like using the military to stay in power, like wow, <laughs> declaring martial law. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that guy, that guy's in the tank. But yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there will, like, if there will just be, you know, a whole, a whole sector of, like, right-wing advertisers, right-wing products that, like, that, that, like, there's no cross-contamination with, like, liberal products. If, like, they don't even know about each other. If it does, it will probably end fine. I can't see any way for that to go wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think we've kind of been trending that way for there. a while. Yeah, yeah. Like Chick Fil A and we're, Hobby Lobby. Although those are well known in the left circles. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the thing. Like there, there are products that uh, certainly lean one way or the other, and there's products like guns that are basically right wing products, um, even though uh, a lot of people feel like they shouldn't be. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's gonna be if Trump, if Trump actually makes a successful news network. I feel like anyone that advertises on there, that's the only place they're gonna advertise. Hmm. You know? Do you think it would be a news network? I mean, in this, in the same way, Fox is a news network. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> or you think they'd have like like reality shows on there? I definitely think they'd have reality shows. I, I mean, think like, the uh, two would be indistinguishable with <laughs> Trump at the helm. <laughs> You're just gonna just gonna do a reboot of The Apprentice. Oh my god! Oh, that would make so much money. Ugh. And it would probably all get spent on grifting from everyone involved, and it wouldn't show a loss. All right, all right. So <laughs> have we have we covered everything uh, that we wanted to talk about with uh, the uh, the coup and Trump and the the Senate? Does anyone have any more comments about any of that? Uh, well, the inauguration is coming up. It'll be uh, interesting to see how that goes down. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, we're kind of in the same situation we were last episode where we're like, okay, well, it's Monday night, mm-hmm. um, and but this doesn't come out till Wednesday morning. So what the fuck is going to go down between now and then? Yeah. Uh, I have no more guesses anymore. <laughs> I thought I knew last time. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever happened, uh, wow, that sure was crazy. Right, guys. Uh, dude, yep. I am really impressed that you totally called that. That that's yep. some fine prognosticating. That thing that happened sure was shocking, and I'm not talking about the hundred pardons that Trump issued. Those were not shocking. I guess he still has a couple days to pardon himself, right? Or try to anyway. He does. He does. Word on the street is uh, he's he's not going to try. Okay. But he's got he's got literally a hundred other pardons that he's got lined up, uh, and some. I just saw an article today about how a whole bunch of people are paying consultants to try to get them pardons. Um, 
such as like Rudy Giuliani they're paying. Um, and they're the only ones I, because Trump Trump stiffed Rudy like we all knew he was going to. Wait, what did he do? He's not paying his legal bills. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, yeah. oh, that's perfect. I mean, this is not news. I, I am not the first person to make this kind of joke, but what the fuck was Rudy thinking that in the year of our Lord 2021, he did legal services for Donald John Trump and didn't demand payment up front in, like, gold? Right? Like, this was the most predictable thing that ever happened. I never thought leopards would eat my face. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, Rudy is such an idiot. Um, and this is great because he was out there telling everyone he was getting paid 20 grand a day. <laughs> We're like, sure you are. Oh, man. But yeah, people are paying uh, like Trump cronies to try to get them pardons. Uh, and it's probably going to work because what the fuck does Trump care? He's going to be like, oh, this guy... <laughs> This guy gave you uh, 200 grand. All right. G- uh, give me half. And he gets his part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already getting impeached. What are they going to do? Like, but seriously, like, what could they do? I don't think there's anything anyone could do if he just decided to start selling pardons. I mean, is that even technically illegal? No. Okay. The, there's no law against it because the, the remedy is impeachment. It, it would be. I mean, I guess it's a little late now, but uh, it would be kind of cool if he set up a service like that and people could, like, go fund people who they really think shouldn't be in jail. And we can yeah, see no, just, like, have the, you know, justice of the people kind of thing going. Yeah. Though, actually, now that I think about it, I think there is a law against it. Oh. I think that I think that technically I think there are, like, anti-bribery laws that would apply to that. Um, so you probably you probably can't just, like, set up shops selling uh selling pardons you still couldn't get indicted while you're president but once you're out of office uh you probably probably can get indicted for that not a problem for someone who's never going to leave office it's (laughs) it's literally one of the two things that the framers thought fit to list as an impeachable offense so what's the other one treason oh it's treason bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors yeah, I assume there's some kind of federal law against that that uh, probably would apply to the president. Although now is a good time to remind everyone that anything which it is ethical to do, it's ethical to do for money. <laughs> this is probably the worst time to remind people of that, but, you know, you do you. <laughs> all right, all right, so let's move on. Uh, Inyash, you have a uh, somewhat under-the-radar story. About WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. This is more of a quick PSA. Uh, If anyone on Signal has noticed a lot of people that used to not be on Signal joining Signal recently, uh, that's probably because WhatsApp has given its users an ultimatum. WhatsApp used to be pretty famous for having good end-to-end encryption, uh, which I was surprised by because Facebook ran it. But I was like, oh, okay, neat. I guess they bought it uh, back when it had full end-to-end encryption, and they just left that in place. And they did up until very recently. And now Facebook has says that uh, now you get to share all your data with Facebook and they can do with it what they will, or you have to stop using the app. So uh, if you value your privacy at all, stop using the app. Um, I think uh, Signal may have gotten an influx of people uh, for some other reasons, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, first, you had another story for us about uh, SciHub. Yeah, at the same time, uh, Twitter has taken down the SciHub account, which I don't know if that's 
that huge a deal, but it's been it's kind of un- underreported with all the other takedowns that uh, have been happening on Twitter and social media. But SciHub is the place where you could get all the uh, peer-reviewed journals um, in pirated form because they believe science should be free and people should be able to look up what they need without paying $20,000 a month for prescri- subscription. And technically that's illegal. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a real public service. It is. And uh, Twitter was like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, And speaking of Twitter saying, get the fuck out of here. um, Our next story is about the massive, uh, I think what I saw someone call God tier banning of Donald Trump from everywhere on the Internet. Turns out all you have to do is try to overthrow (laughs) your government and suddenly your persona non grata in, in that country. Yeah, he's off Twitter. He's off Facebook. He's off Pinterest. Uh, he's not off Pinterest. Every, not Pinterest. No, like every social media site, including Taco Bell, has now banned Donald Trump. What? How, what, what, what kind of social media does Taco Bell have? Uh, no, he can't use their app. And, <laughs> suppo- and, and they say he can't come into their restaurants. That is bizarre. Right? Banned from Taco Bell. But uh, according to a few inside sources... The thing that hurt most of all was that uh, the PGA moved one of their golf tournaments uh, away from one of his his golf courses. Ew. They said they won't do they won't do golf tournaments at Trump courses anymore. <laughs> and that was the thing that like wrecked him the most. <laughs> nice. Yeah, which is like such a stupid thing, but hey, hit him where it hurts, you know. Yeah. Um. In addition to Donald Trump being banned from everywhere lots of trump supporters have been getting banned also um and trump himself and a lot of other people flocked to a you know moderation free platform called uh, i think it's actually called parlay but uh you probably know it as parlor they misspelled it <laughs> but they misspelled it that's not how you spell parlay it is in french what yeah what kind of a crazy french person spells it without the accent marks what are you talking Okay, you clearly speak no French. Well, yes, that is correct, that, but don't they have... That is, a, that is a French infinitive. They are... are many, many French verbs are uh, spelled with an E-R at the end like that. There are no accents. Hmm, fine then. You and your fruity lawyer Frenchness can, <laughs> can just pretend that I don't know French. You, do, you don't know French. Yeah, Parlez the infinitive. It's a French. je parle, tu parles, il parle, elle parle. And that's how you spell parlay, uh, huh? Yeah. Well, they misspelled it in English so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so everyone just calls it parlor, because who wants to speak French? Yeah. Apparently you. Yeah, right? Hey, look, can I help it if I'm a bit more sophisticated <laughs> than my other hosts here? <laughs> I mean, you could help it if you tried, but we're glad you don't. I could. Someone's got to class this joint up. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, parlor got uh, dropped by Amazon Web Services that were providing its cloud service, yeah. which was it needs to exist. Uh, so Parler is gone. Uh, and it uh, I'm, I'm sort of confused by this because I don't... You know, Amazon Web Services has like half of all the cloud services out there, but what about the other half? Like, will nobody deal with Parler? So, is there nobody? So this is coming from the reliable source of some random thing I saw in the internet and didn't pay too close attention <laughs> to where, but I heard it might be back 
uh, through a web services host based out of Russia, which is fine. I mean, that makes sense to me because uh, the one thing I saw about this was the guy who runs uh, the Pirate Bay, which is a uh, a website for pirating uh, software and media. Just being like, dude, you can't get your website up? Yeah. Pathetic. Like, this is a guy, you know. So if the Pirate Bay can be a website, I don't understand why Parler can't. No, I agree, but it's also really weird because when they set up Parler, they weren't i mean pirate bay knows that they are an extra legal um entity that most governments would love to crush uh and what they do is um at the very least illegal uh so they they have that like kind of black up security mindset from the very start like parlor they supposedly are doing a thing that any american should be allowed to do right create a forum where people can exchange talking exchange talking. you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yes, let us all exchange talking on parlay. That's what I do on this podcast with you guys, and I'll be darned if I'm going to stop exchanging talking now. Yeah. um, So, actually, so I just Googled it, and it does look like it's back. Okay. Uh, They they got a a web services provider called Epic, who hosts also the same one who hosts Gab, um, and used to host the Daily Stormer and 8chan. So, yeah, I feel like they're not probably not going to to bow to the pressure of liberals to uh, shut them down. It's that uh, right-wing ec- economy that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and I think, actually, all of us are probably happy about that. About which? Um, about Parler be- being able to come back. Oh, okay. When I say all of us, I mean us three. Right, right. None. Obviously, <laughs> many people are not happy about this. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that... Um, I, I, I did not like the idea that people just had nowhere that they could go. Um, I fully supported Twitter and Facebook uh, kicking people out. You know, they have their rules. They don't enforce them even-handedly, obviously. Um, but, you know, once there's a violent insurrection, I think that's, uh, you know, that if that's what it just if that's what causes them to take a second look at people's behavior and decide they got to go, uh, you know, that's I don't have a huge problem with that. Um, but I did. I didn't like it that that they had you know set up their own place to go. That was away from all of us, and then that got shut down too. Well, it wasn't away from all of us. Anyone could go there. Right, but we don't. So it was away from us. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's He's not like a secret. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, I'm really torn on this because you know there was an attempt to destroy our democratic way of life, and this feels a lot like civilization just defending itself. Right? You you lash out at the people that did this, and I think. In general, that's a good thing. A civilization that can't defend itself is going to collapse. But yeah. on the other hand, it's not like Parler was ground zero for this shit. Like, this, this exact same thing goes on on Facebook and Twitter all the time. Like, Parler was yeah. targeted because they're an upcoming competitor and they don't, they haven't been um, very concerned about the, the government regulating them. Where, as opposed to, like, Facebook, Twitter all the time are are very much aware, and Amazon, that the government is gunning for them and they need to placate them, and it almost feels like a sort of a, a, a censorship by proxy. Like, the government couldn't do well, this. I, see, I disagree. I think the government, and this, is, and this is why I wasn't that worked up about mm-hmm. it, because I think the government could do this. Um, because uh, this is lots, lots and lots of speech occurred that is not protected speech. Uh, you can't plan felonies um, and then claim free speech. 
Yeah, but the, um, it was you can't planned. incite violence. It, that was done far more on speech. Facebook and Twitter than it was on Parlor. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But Parlor—I mean, it's not like it's not happening on Parlor right now. Yeah, but Parlor just happened to be a convenient target for the people in power to, you know, deflect the, the eyes from them. Well, I think Parlor was targeted because you know after this happened, Facebook and Twitter said, "Oh, oh shit, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, let's we'll kick off everybody that was uh that was." you know, uh, a problem here and we'll uh, take some steps to try to prevent this from happening in the future. And Parler was like, hey, everybody that got kicked off on uh, Facebook and Twitter, all you violent extremists, come over here. Um, we don't have any moderation at all. Uh, and and had no, no even pretense of trying to stop, you know, violent felonies from being planned on their site. So, you know, I, I think that, like I said, I, I wasn't happy that it was shut down, but I didn't think this was like a huge threat to you know, our way of life or anything. I was just, when I saw within the space of 24 hours, like, it, you couldn't get it on the Google Play app, you couldn't get it on the uh, Apple Store app, which is the only way to get, you know, apps onto your iPhone unless you uh, jailbreak yes. it. You, you, They couldn't even use Amazon Web Services, which is basically a utility. Like, holy shit, that was, that was a such a massive flex that I became worried. Like, uh, they could... I... I do have to say, I find it suspicious that all of this went down within 24 hours of the big tech companies realizing that the committees that regulate them would all be led by Democrats for the next uh, two years. Yeah. And frankly, I think that's probably more likely what caused it than... uh, the actual coup, just with the coup attempt being an extremely convenient pretense on that front. I mean, if you were talking pretenses, it doesn't really get more convenient than It that. really doesn't. <laughs> Which is why it's hard to be against it. Like, because I'm also against coup attempts and about shutting down people who try them. So I don't know how to feel about this. But like I was saying, I I think if this is... If, if the government was providing the web services for parlor um i think they the government could consistent with constitutional uh, limitations on um what speech can be regulated i think they could the government would have been uh could have legally said like we're revoking your contract because you allowed you're allowing you know uh yeah no <laughs> insurrection to be planned I totally uh, yes i agree with you on that in that regard what, what mm. i mean is like if this was hosted by aws or some other third party and they didn't just kick them off section 230 would prevent the government from coming in and saying you have to stop providing service to these people because they they can't be held liable for what users say on their platform uh well not after the conservatives get done with it well you know and the liberals, like everyone is gunning for Section 230 because it would stop them from doing things like this and they really want to do things yeah. like this. Yeah. He's not wrong. But, you know, the fact that, mm-hmm. like, a private entity like AWS decided to just do it as a business decision, it's it feels like an end run around what was supposed to be a protection. And I just... Well, I think we can all feel better now that they were able to get a new web services provider. Yes, at least... Um, so... Yeah. It goes. It's so it shows Amazon. You know, wasn't a monopoly here. They can't just shut down speech they don't like. It's back up. Um, it's all. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it stays up. But I don't see. Uh, you know, the guys who host Gab shutting it down. Yeah. Also, you heard basically all the um, personal information from Parler got uh, leaked, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Parler got hacked because they had apparently terrible security. The worst. Yeah. 
And uh, they had like your password is one two three four five six that level of security. <laughs> no, no, no. That was QAnon. <laughs> that, that was that was the guy who's what was it? What was the Q guy's password? That was uh. But what Q guy are you talking about? Q. Uh, QAnon. Q. Yeah, Q what, on they, on. They found out who the actual Q is. No, but they he was they he originated on 8chan and they figured out his password and it was something really stupid it was like Matt oh Matlock it was Matlock well it's not the safest password should have been a lot yeah. longer at the very least no no but then but then he got a new account and the password on the new account was Matlock <laughs> <laughs> he has a very simple yeah. algorithm for generating his passwords yeah. So Parler, uh, their security wasn't quite that bad, yeah. uh, but it was still not good. Um, so they got hacked, yeah, and somebody just downloaded, like, everything. Uh, so uh, we'll see what what becomes of them. But I, I imagine that, uh, you know, the Q people and the, uh, the Q people um, probably don't care and will we'll patronize them anyway. Because now they're, like, you know, righteous defenders of free speech. The Q people, you mean? No, Parler. Oh, par- oh, okay. You know, they're like, they're like, I, I imagine they're like right wing heroes now. After like the the wrath of God came after them, right? And now they're back up. Oh, they were already really popular before, but yeah, I guess they're yeah. more hero now. now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure everyone on there now is just gloating about how you can't shut us down. Right. All we gotta do is well, team up with the commies. Right. Well, you can't shut us down either. So uh, we're gonna keep. Do, doing talking with each other. <laughs> exchanging talking, thank you. Exchange, the keep term. exchanging talking. <laughs> we refuse to be shut down. You hear me, Amazon? I'm just kidding. I didn't mean that, Amazon. We'll do whatever you say. <laughs> All right. Next story. Uh, and this is just one of my favorite stories from this week. And you would think it would have gotten, wouldn't have gotten reported because you know everything else going on. But I'm really proud of the media for finding a way to fit this in there. Um, so the story is that Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump have this giant mansion um, that has six and a half bathrooms in it, and they would not let the Secret Service, who is there to protect them with their lives, they would not let them use any of their bathrooms. So they had to, like, go around the rest of the neighborhood looking for bad oh my. And apparently Barack Obama's house is nearby. <laughs> and he also has Secret Service. So their, that team was like, oh, hey, you guys could come use the bathroom here. Um, until, and this is the best part of the story, one of them made such a mess <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that the the Obama detail banned them from the house. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So maybe they had a good reason for banning them from their <laughs> exactly. Relationship. Exactly. They're all like, oh, jeez, maybe maybe Javanka had a point. But yeah, they they had they they had a porta potty for a while. Then they went to Obama's house. Then they went to Pence's house, <laughs> which was like, w- which was not close. They had to like drive 15 minutes to get there. Um, and then finally. What they did was they rented a studio apartment <laughs> in the neighborhood for $3,000 a month. D- David, what's your line? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know. Yeah. We know you don't have to say it. Um, but I just, I found that story delightful. So uh, so I'm glad we, we were able to squeeze that in. Um, 
news that is less delightful, uh, COVID-19 is still happening. Um, I don't know if anyone knew, but that's still going on. And it sucks. And it's worse than ever. And uh, it's uh, I'll, I'll link Zvi's latest posts, which I, I'm sure if you're listening to us, you're reading every week because it's basically our only reliable source for any information about this. Um, but yeah, it's bad. Uh, infections are up. Deaths are up. The British strain is looking like it's for real. It's already here. It should be getting really bad in March. Um, and the uh, vaccine rollout is, uh, is not going well. Um, and it was really bad um, at the end of December. It's gotten a little better since then, but it's still not great. Biden says he's going to get uh, 100 million doses in his first 100 days. Uh, so that's uh, a million a day, which uh, will be great if he hits that. Yeah. Um, awesome. I th- actually think he will um, because it's actually not that hard. And all the things that all the all the things that were going wrong with it, I feel like will be will be working those kinks out in, a, you know, if, if we haven't already within a few weeks from now. Uh, was it either of you that shared the thing about showing up at a vaccine place in the last hour in the last minutes? Yeah, I should. Okay, that. you should totally mention that because I'm going to be trying to pull that off yeah. this week. All right, so here's some uh, some public service announcements for people that want vaccines. First, if like between 25 and 50 percent of America, you are a big fat fatty like me, um, if you are technically obese, the CDC guidelines say that you should be given the vaccine if you are over 18. Um, they list that as one of the the dangerous comorbidities. Um, that justifies you getting the vaccine. Now, not every state is doing that right now, um, but New Jersey is, and I know as a number of other states are. So check your state guidelines, and uh, you may be eligible for the vaccine. And if not, you may be eligible soon. Um, so go for it. Um, the other thing is, uh, I shared an article, and we'll share it in the show notes, about how to get a vaccine when it's not your turn. And basically, the advice was um, find out where they're giving vaccines, um, Pop-up locations are better than hospitals for this. Um, go about 20 minutes before they close and just tell them that you're there in case they have any vaccine that's going to spoil. And, uh, you know, the, the author of the piece said that that worked for him and many other people that he knows. Uh, so, uh, Ineash, you said you're going to give it a yeah. try? And he said, don't try to be sneaky about it. Just be dead honest. I'm here to be your next best alternative to the bottom of a trash can if you're throwing them away at the end of the day. Ineash, I think you're better than a trash can. You know, I've heard that. Maybe. We'll find out. <laughs> we, will, we will find out. Um, I'm glad you have Yeah, just don't tell, uh, don't tell Andrew Cuomo because he will arrest you. Didn't he, like, walk that back? I don't think he walked that back, but he did open up eligibility. So hopefully there will be much less vaccine going to waste in New York. Cool. Also, uh, the article said, probably a good idea to try to do it sooner rather than later, because as more and more people find out about this, it's going to be harder to get to pull that off. Because they only have, like, you know, four or five vaccines that are going to spoil at the end of the day, usually. Yeah, and as they're opening up eligibility, there's going to be more people there in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to do it, do it now. Um, any any other any other comments on uh, how COVID's going? It's no. All right, well, as V says... Because we have vaccines coming now, uh, the calculus means you should be even more careful now. Um, and, uh, and I know it sucks, and we're tired of all this bullshit. But the uh, now is the time to be uh, as careful, like like maximum, 
uh, carefulness. So one of those that would be stupid to die just before the uh, army arrives to save you from the zombies? Yeah, ex well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, well, months ago, we didn't know how long we were going to have to do this, so the focus was on making it sustainable. Um, now we now we have a time limit, so do whatever you think you can keep up for that long. Uh, assume, and I think, you know, I think a reasonable estimate for most people to get the vaccine is, like, over the summer. Do we know, do they give you, like, a card or some kind of proof of vaccination when you get this? I'm sure they no, give you they some don't. kind of record. Because that's one of those things that a bunch of economists have been saying they really should do, but they haven't. Because what's even the point of having economists if no one listens to them? Well, I mean, if you give people proof that they were vaccinated, then they might stop social distancing and, and you know, then the gods wouldn't be appeased. Ugh. I mean, that's isn't that kind of the whole point that you could have parties with people that have been vaccinated? Or, you know, if you're a business, you can reopen if you have proof that all your employees are vaccinated so they won't be spreading anything? No, the point is to make sacrifices of suffering to the gods so they make the coughing go away. But that doesn't yeah. work so well anymore. No, Ever since yeah, we killed yeah, all yeah. the gods. I'm telling you, go, go, anyone listening, go Google, um, you know, what what precautions do I need to take after I get vaccinated or something like that, right? And you will get all of these articles. You will get zero articles that say just go about your life, which is what you should do once you're vaccinated. That's also, you by the way, vaccinate. what you should do when you're COVID recovered. It's your reward for yes. making it through the play times. Yes, COVID recovery is actually better than vaccination. Uh, it's more than 95% effective. Yeah. Um, but yes, you should just go about your life. But if you Google it, you will find pages and pages of articles telling you to continue making sacrifices to the gods because, oh, you could still be a, a, a carrier and you could be, uh, you know, it's not it's not completely, uh, it won't completely protect you. You need to wait like a week for your immune system to build up, right? Yeah, I actually, I, I don't know how long you have to wait. I, uh, the maximum I heard was two weeks. Um, but I just also assume that that is way overkill. Usually is. But yes, wait, wait, go ahead and wait a couple of weeks, but then move on with your life. Don't, don't give in to these foolish scaremongers that just are much more concerned with everything being fair than being effective. Uh, I believe the technical terminology is beta cucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I said liberals, right? Oh. <laughs> hey, now. All right. Well, after, uh, so, so, uh, that was depressing. But, uh, now we're into happy news. Yay. Uh, All right. And, uh, who, who has this, uh, first story? I for believe us? I'm the only person who ever posts happy news because you guys just don't care about happiness and joy in the world. I post happy news uh, constantly. Sorry. Oh, that's true. You do. My, my happy news was that the Democrats won Georgia. Okay, you didn't put that in the happy news section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the first one is about the uh, the coup again, which uh, strange that it would make it into happy news, but uh, I think you guys remember seeing one of the images of the coup attempt being when people were chasing this one of the police officers up the stairs, and he was like kind of batting them away, sort of threatening them, pushing them, and then running away again. And uh, it, it looked like a very scary situation, but uh, it turns out like he was very close to the Senate chambers, and some people started actually moving towards them, and he like shoved one of the guys in the front and agitated them some more, and just led the rioters away from the Senate chambers, and probably gave them a bit more time to you know get holed up in there and get the senators out. It was a you know a awesome heroic move by by someone, and helps restore my faith in humanity a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, I heard about this story. Um, great, great thing about this story um, is that the guy's name is Eugene Goodman. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I saw that. I saw that as part of a, an article um, pointing out that the guy who owns, who is the founder and chief executive of Epic, the uh, the domain that just accepted Parler. Is named Robert Monster. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. So we got we got Eugene Goodman on the one on the one side, and we got Robert Monster on the other. I think we can so. see what the author of our timeline thinks. Yeah. <laughs> of the two sides. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we've got a uh, a second happy news. Yes, the UK is building their first geothermal power plant. Uh, I. The, the news article is about how, you know, the, the sign, it's been signed that they're going to be selling 10, 000, uh, power to 10,000 homes or something, but I never put much stock in just things being signed. Like, you can sign lots of stuff, and then it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more important and impactful part is that two deep wells for this geothermal plant have already been successfully drilled. Uh, one of them being almost 2,400 meters deep, the other one being over 5,200 uh, 5, meters deep. And uh, once you've got the wells drilled, you've got a good chunk of the work done. So this is looking very good, that UK is going to have a geothermal power plant, which is among the best ways to get power, least polluting ways, most, uh, you know, reliable, steady, doesn't have all the other pow- problems that um, wind and solar do. So that's great. Yeah, I was just reading the other day. I think this might have been something someone posted on the Discord about the sort of the future of um, electric power. And they were saying that geothermal is going to be huge. Um, and it's kind of overlooked in a lot of the media coverage. Um, but one of the big advantages of geothermal is that once you dig the wells, you never have to dig them again. And that's like half the cost of building a plant. So even if the plant only lasts 30 years and depreciates or whatever, you can you, you have to completely rebuild the plant at some point. Uh, but it costs half as much because you don't have to redig the wells. Uh, so this is awesome that the wells are dug because that's, that's the hard part. All right. Well, now we are moving on to troop deployments. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out on the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so I am a noted anarcho-capitalist, but uh, let's say this um, uh, busy news week, or news fortnight we've had the last couple of weeks has convinced me that there are some people who don't deserve anarchy and (laughs) would break it if they had it. Uh, So my new uh, best idea is, and this is stolen from either Jason Brennan or... um, or Michael Humer, I can't remember which one. Um, uh, cooperative anarchy for those who deserve it. Epistocracy for everyone else. And epistocracy is uh, basically the idea that we should um, prioritize the preferences of well-informed and uh, competent voters over those of uh, not well-informed, competent voters, and... Good thing we don't have any of those. Um, well, uh, and I have basically come to the conclusion that there are enough people who are just destructive 
in their natural tendencies that we can't just completely do away with coercive institutions and we need to like have a way to keep a lid on those idiots and i think epistocracy is the best way to do that uh yes i am aware that the people who are deserving of anarchy and the people who would um be most considered in an epistocracy are for the most part the same people and this would kind of create a ruling class uh, where the rules for them are different from the rules for everyone else. And yes, that does make me a little bit uneasy, but I don't know of a better way to do it. All right. Sounds like a perfect system with absolutely no downsides. Uh, (laughs) Eniash, what have you got for us? Uh, I have got the video that Schwarzenegger posted soon after the coup, and yes, the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Terminator and Governator fame. Um... It's a really good video that I just want to recommend to everyone. He is an immigrant, as we all know, I guess. I didn't need to say that. But he talks about how uh, he came from Austria and his experience growing up with a father who uh, was on the wrong side of World War II and uh, how the people in his town dealt with that primarily through things like heavy drinking and uh, beating their spouses and being miserable. And... uh, his fears that this sort of thing was happening to America too, and it shouldn't, and we can stop it. And it was very inspiring and beautiful and well said. And I recommend it to, you know, everyone just to watch it. But also, like, Schwarzenegger, it, it must be um, said, is a Republican, and I guess has been forever. And, like, this, this kind of thing gives me hope that our two-party system can work, that there's sane good Republicans that I would actually support, and uh, if he were to run for president, like, I would be happy to have him president as president, and I think we need to, you know, do what we need to to pass a Schwarzenegger amendment to make this a a reality, because honestly, now that I think about it, that society was a pretty damn good society in that movie, in Demolition Man. <laughs> like, everyone was more or less happy. Everyone was taken care of. Even, like, the underground rebel scum that hated everything just kind of wanted to, you know, smoke and do things that are bad for themselves. They were still pretty well taken care of. So, yeah, if Schwarzenegger were to be president, everything would be great, and we would be living in a utopia. You know that's not a, you know that's not a Schwarzenegger movie. No, right? no, but the Schwarzenegger Amendment was uh, in, introduced in that movie. Oh, yes. was it? <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, great video. Uh cool president and then we could have our first presidentator would that be the term i guess yeah so. you you always want a president that can beat up the other guy's president so that's my troop <laughs> that's how putin keeps getting elected <laughs> all right uh yes i i agree i uh, watched that video i thought it was very good um my troop deployment is about my disappointment with democrats on uh the impeachment question now according to the new york times on the night of january 6th Uh, This was right after the insurrection attempt. Three Democratic representatives had already drafted articles of impeachment and wanted to introduce them right after Congress certified the election results and vote that night. Now, Steny Hoyer and the other Democratic leadership talked them out of it. What happened instead was that Nancy Pelosi refused to hold a session of Congress until the following Monday in order to prevent members from introducing impeachment articles before she had an opportunity to review the proper amount of public opinion polls and hold at least three focus groups. Once Pelosi was satisfied that impeachment messaged well, articles were introduced. But by then it was five days later, and for some reason they waited two more days to vote despite everyone in the entire country knowing how the vote would turn out. 
Meanwhile, a week had passed, the Senate was in recess, and a unanimous, unanimous vote was required to reconvene before the 19th. So now we're in this absurd situation where Trump has been impeached again, but won't be tried until he leaves office. Instead of passing COVID relief, the Senate will be consumed with an impeachment trial for the beginning of Biden's term. Even if he's convicted, he will have every opportunity to abuse his office on the way out, including issuing hundreds of corrupt pardons. And because of the statutory wording, even if he's convicted, he will retain all the benefits under the former President's Act. And crucially, Republican senators have been given weeks to marinate in conservative media's narrative about what happened, and it's unlikely that enough will vote to convict, especially given how impotent the remedy will be. Now imagine instead that the articles were introduced the night of the insurrection. Public opinion was massively against Trump. Fox News hadn't yet had a chance to downplay and justify the attack. It would have been a bold and dramatic move. The House could have easily passed articles and then dared the Senate to vote to keep the man who, hours earlier, had incited a mob to violently attack them. Mitch McConnell could have stalled the trial for a day or two, but it would have had to happen this week at the latest. It's likely that Trump could have actually been removed from office before his term expired. Democrats had one opportunity, but it required moving quickly and showing some actual leadership. Instead, we get delays and excuses. Now, as we said at the top of the show, this is being recorded Monday, but it will come out Wednesday. So when you hear this, think of all the pardons Trump has issued in his last couple of days and put most of the blame on Donald Trump, but be sure to reserve at least a little bit of the blame for Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer. They really shit the bed on this one. I, yeah, vote third party. <laughs> all right. So that's our show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, please follow us on whatever uh, podcatcher you use. Um, please leave us reviews, um, support us on Patreon, and uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. Bye.